happy Thursday, and welcome into the PHNX Sun Devil Show. Anthony Totri, he yeah, is are. Sean DePaz. Yeah, I am. And Shane is gone again. Yeah, he is. This is, what, what are we doing? I just don't really think he likes us. It's been, I feel like, months now, and we've done maybe a handful of shows with the three of us. Yeah, honestly, it has been a minute. I mean, no consistency. That's off-season for you, though. It's a lot, a lot of change. Well, rumor on the street is he was just really, really hurt at his own performance mm-hmm. in the draft the other day. Couldn't show his we, face. Well, we knew it was his flu game. Yeah. Um, unlike Mike, though, he was unable to return to the court the following day. Um, so I guess hopefully we'll see him on Friday. We'll see how his tummy's feeling. <laughs> Shane, if you're watching, get some uh, get some Pepto, maybe some Sprite. Ginger ale. All the things. Some saltines. Mm. Saltines go crazy, dude. Love oh, my saltine. gosh. I, soup? I go crazy for some crackers. Dude, I love a good soup and crackers. Yeah. Tomato soup? Mm. No? Tomato soup is the most overrated soup in my opinion. Whoa! What do, why? Because tomato soup is like not that good. The only time... With a gr- nice grilled cheese? That's the only time. Is if you're getting a grilled cheese dividend. I love I want. tomato soup. That's a bad take. But tomato soup is such a top tier. I don't think it's a bad take. Like I just don't. I just don't like it. Like I think it's overrated. I'm. I like a thicker soup. I'm a chowder guy, chili uh, guy. That's an East Coast in you. Yeah. Uh, big, big clam chowder guy. Big French onion guy. I like any kind of loaded baked potato or potato dumpling soup. I like the. That was very. Yeah, JJ in the chat missed the show yesterday, but appreciated Shane taking a beat in my name when Zane Meeks (laughs) was mentioned. JJ, at this point, it is anytime we mention Zane Meeks, we expect you to appear. Um, So just keep your phone on you pretty much at all times. That's why you got to turn the notifications on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Not talking ASU basketball today. Let's talk ASU football and really Pac-12 football in general. Um, Favorite Twitter account, Big Game Boomer. Decided to Jesus. tweet, you know, which which coach in all of college football has the most pressure on him. So I figured we could maybe zoom in a little bit and put it on the Pac-12 because there's some big personalities in the pack um, with the addition of Deion Sanders, Kenny Dillingham. Obviously, Stanford has their guy first year in a while without Shaw. And then there are just the other big names kind of scattered all across the Pac-12, right? Whether that be Dan Lanning or Lincoln Riley or Chip Kelly. So we'll kind of get into all these situations, uh, but I do want to start here in Arizona with, with Kenny Dillingham. I know we've touched on it a little bit, but do you feel like there's any pressure on Kenny Dillingham coming to ASU? Obviously, we've seen his success, not just with Oregon, but really in all his stops. And look, let's be honest, he's, he's replacing a guy in Herm Edwards that it was just kind of a waiting game. Right yeah. for him to to get out, and now this is really Kenny's program. Is there pressure on him to succeed this season? Um, yeah, but I think it's like self manufactured pressure. I don't think that necessarily like the bar is pretty low, so I don't think you necessarily you don't need to make. A, I mean, you got to make a bowl game. You don't got to make the Rose Bowl necessarily yeah. for this season to be a success. Uh, but I do think I do think Kenny being Kenny has started to create a decent amount of um expectations for him in the program, and I think even the players who started to like. There's just a lot of Positive talk. We have our second Beavers fan. Go Beavs. Go Beavs. Clinton Listen, here. I'm pro Beavs. Trust. Pro Beavs. Uh, I'm pro Beavs. We'll talk DJ, DJ Uyunglele. Uyunglele. Yeah, God, yeah, I love baby. So much. So do I. Um, <laughs> Tony, <laughs> Clint. <laughs> Damn. Kenny Dillingham ran away from Oregon during the halftime of the Civil War. Um, cannot confirm or deny. Uh, but uh, no, I do think Kenny, he's manufactured pressure for himself just because he's, he started to build so much excitement around this that I think with that excitement naturally comes the expectation that you're going to be good, whether that's fair or not. Uh, but I do think there are going to be people coming into the season expecting this team to perform. Um, so there's certainly pressure, but I don't know. It's not the same kind of pressure that other coaches are facing. Yeah. I mean, one of those other coaches that is probably facing a little bit of pressure, just simply based off of, you know, you know, talking about offseason, yeah. like just constructed pressure that he's cooked for himself. Dion coach Prime Sanders. Yes, sir. If you want to talk about somebody that has absolutely made, I, I don't want to call it a living hell, but if you don't succeed in 2023, the the hell that is going to rain down on Deion Sanders might be unbearable yeah. just because of the, the whole scholarship situation. I want to say the last, the last tally was like 50 some odd players had transferred out since Dion got here, and I know it was the whole roster overhaul. Still, at least from my perspective, haven't seen 
all these glorious transfers oh, yeah. that Dion has called for. I know they've gotten a couple SEC guys, a, some some former Jackson State guys. That doesn't really move the needle for me. Um, but w- aside from you know what kind of pressure or is there pressure? Right, I'm not even going to ask you that because there is pressure on Dion to succeed just with the the roster yeah. overhaul. My question for you is, what does success look like for Deion Sanders in year one? Um, I think if you, it's tough because I think I think a lot of Colorado fan, I don't know, because I think I think Dion's whole mindset is like, yeah, we're gonna win a national championship. Like he he was at the college ball playoff last year, being like, I, I want to be here. We're gonna be here. You're not. Um, which is not true. And I do, I have a hard time believing that Colorado fans think that's true either. Um, so I, I think it's kind of a similar situation to Kenny in the sense that I think a lot of the pressure is, is well, especially in the, in the case of Dion, is self-manufactured. Um, I think I think Colorado fans will have kind of a readjustment period once the season actually starts. Um, Clint saying a four-win ceiling. I, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you don't know what the roster is going to look like, so it's tough for me to put a ceiling. I do think that anything, I think four wins... I think I, I mean I think if when you're a program like them, if you're not bowl eligible, it's a failure. Like you gotta you gotta figure out a way to get to a bowl. Um, and I think I think when you get this kind of excitement, like that's the bare minimum expectation. Um, so I think if they get to a bowl, the season will be a success. If they are, I don't. Even though the that bar is really the floor with Colorado, I think even improving by two three wins that doesn't make you bowl eligible. It's yeah, still not enough. Yeah, I don't think that's enough. No. I think I I mean bowl eligible. I know is a a standard. Yeah. Right. Especially with a new coach. You obviously want to win more than six games, but for a first year head coach to get bowl eligible, even for, for Dion coming from a, a team in Colorado that won what one game last yep. year. Yep. Like, I don't know if that is a success really in year one for Dion. I know it's, it's, it's a step up. It's better than you did yeah. last year. I mean, it, the context depends a lot too. I think the one thing about Dion's situation is that, and not that not that Kenny has in any way tried to shirk like uh, responsibility or ownership of this program, but I think when you come in and being like I'm overhauling this entire roster, I'm getting all new players, I'm bringing in my I'm players, I'm legacy players to yeah. go succeed somewhere else. Yeah, like when that happens, if you fail, instantly all of the blame is going to be on you, and like you have felt yourself in a situation. Whereas here. I think there's a lot of like, and it doesn't matter what the actual reason is for the failure. It's going to be blamed on Dion, which is kind of always the case. But I think here, if they don't succeed right away, it'll be a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. But I think if if, at ASU, if they don't succeed right away, it'll be a lot easier for people to point fingers at other things, not just Kenny. And also the fact that like Kenny, Kenny has never sat here and being like, I'm bringing my own luggage and it's Louis, and I'm getting all these five star. Can you imagine if you like? Yeah, all right. But Kenny's whole mindset is I. Am winning, or I'm I am going to build something with Arizona players. Yeah. So even if they don't succeed, if he's doing it with Arizona players, you can never say that he's not really doing what he set out to do, which is build a program that's focused on this state. Yeah. Um. So I, 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 I think it's going to be very hard, regardless of what they do, for Colorado to be considered successful because of the situation that Dion has put him in this program in. Lonnie in the chat. Colorado players won one game last year. Good, they left. Yeah, I understand that. I understand that it's the only team, good they left if they get replaced. Exactly. And at this yet. point, is there that many quality transfers out there? And for me, right, the difference between what Kenny is doing and Dion is doing, Kenny is building a program. Dion is buying a program. Um, and I don't necessarily think that, at least from what we've seen, Colorado has the capability of sustaining something like that. If Dion were to eventually leave because let's be real here Dion Sanders is not going to be a coach that stays at Colorado if they succeed for more than three four years oh yeah if they find fast success then he's gone he's absolutely gone because I mean if the if the Jackson State job didn't mean anything to him which I mean I'm not saying didn't mean anything to him but it obviously didn't mean enough for him to stay there when he had a power five opportunity fucking Colorado is certainly not going to Unless he wins like a national championship somewhere off rip, then maybe he would stay there. But like that's obviously that's not gonna happen. And again, so. if he does, if they do, then you succeed. Yeah. Then the pressure that you have felt or that was put on you at the start of the season or from the moment that you step foot in Boulder, then it was all worth it. You did exactly what was asked for you to bring that university and that athletic program a championship. However, if you don't do that, if you go bowl eligible after getting, you know, 
one win, you get a six win season, a seven win season, and then let's say you have an eight win season, and then guess what? Somebody somewhere else in the SEC or in the NFL comes calling well, that's for what Coach Deion Or not even just the SEC, but like if, if Florida State comes calling, yeah. you think he doesn't go back there? Or if, if I don't know how he feels about Miami being a Florida State guy, but if the U wants to be, come back, a guy like Dion has got big time the U personality. Absolutely. Like, so, and then obviously, yeah, you mentioned the SEC, like if any of those big schools, if, if he, like, and I, I have a hard time believing Dion is this good of a coach, but say he is successful. If the University of Texas comes calling, if Sark hasn't succeeded over a couple of years, go play and that's, in the t- state that you became famous in damn near. That's just the difference for me when I look at these two coaches, and we'll obviously get into the others because I think there is pressure on guys like Dan Lanning and, and Lincoln Riley to succeed. But before we move on from, from Dion and Kenny, right, like the difference between buying and building, right, is Kenny can stay here for, and he wants to, yeah, five to ten years, right? Let's say five years go by, the program is sitting at seven win seasons, eight win seasons, like they've done in the past, right? The difference that you've seen from Kenny early on versus a Herm or a Todd Graham is building a culture, right? It was different when Todd got here. It was different when Herm got here. And after they left, to be quite frank, you can Mm -hmm. already see a culture shift. What you get when a guy like Kenny has left after you've built a culture like that is just because that coach leaves doesn't mean the players leave. Doesn't mean the way the locker room functioned before Mm -hmm. leaves. Doesn't mean all the assistants leave right so that sticks with the program what you have when you get a guy like Dion the way that he has already talked about Colorado or talked about the players or this transfer portal era right is when you when you buy a program and you buy these players they have no attachment to Colorado when you send legacy players packing whose parents their dad was a part of a national championship team and you send them on their way then you lose that yeah right if Dion's here for three, four years, let's say it's the same situation. You get a six-win season, a seven-win season, an eight-win season, then he's done. He goes to take another job somewhere in the NFL, somewhere at a higher level in you know the world that is college football. Well, when that leaves and you haven't built a culture, you've bought a culture, that goes with the coach. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stay. There's no roots there. Well, yeah, because, players. I mean, the culture is is Dion Sanders. Like, he is the culture. Yeah. Everything about it is is Dion and Dion's cult of personality. Like, and I mean, I brought this up to you the other day. Like when you look at those pictures from the spring game, his his jacket doesn't have a Colorado logo on it; no. it has a Prime logo on it. Like it is, it's it's Colorado's the place. It's not the program. Like it's 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 this is Dion's. It's Dion. Look, if I'll put it like this before we move on from Dion, because you know I could talk about Dion <laughs> forever. If college football was Hollywood, Dion Sanders is Kim Kardashian. That's who you have. You've got a flashy player. And every single aspect of his life and his program is going to be put on television. It's going to be put on YouTube. It's going to be out there for everybody to see. That means you're going to see the good, bad, and the ugly. Okay? So just prepare. There might be a little bit more ugly than Colorado fans have been sold or that they're anticipating. That's that's how I'll leave the, the Dion pressure conversation uh, right now. Moving on to some of the coaches in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. that have already carved out a name for themselves. A guy like Kyle Whittingham. In terms of pressure for him, is there pressure for Utah and Kyle Whittingham to continue what they've done? Or like, would you be able to be comfortable if you were a Utah fan? Not necessarily with like a total step back, but with like a year not in the Pac-12 championship game. Or no. is there pressure to continue that? I would say that, yeah, there's pressure the other way. I think there's... When you are consistently and at this point competing for a conference championship and you are a power five school, the expectation is that you make appearances in the college football playoff, I think. And Utah is not that far away from that. Um, so I think if I'm a Utah fan, I am I'm like, OK, I'm tired of showing up in the, the conference championship or whatever. I'm tired of going 10 and two. Like I want to be in the college football playoff. Um, so I, I think that's the pressure is, is can. And I think that's the pressure for all of these high, these top end coaches in this conference yeah. is make it to the college ball playoff. And it's, and it's not just from their fan base. It's from the conference too. Like, um, so I, I definitely think there is pressure to take another step and be like, okay, because the reality also with Utah is, is they are one of the best programs in the country, but I don't think they get that kind of respect. Like no one, people don't care about schools out here. People don't care about the pack. People sure as hell don't care about Utah. Like, so I think there's a certain amount of like, we need to show the rest of the world. The last time the rest of the world saw them, they lost, in, they lost in a game losing to drive uh, to Florida, right? 
Like that was the last time that they were like on a real national, like playing a school. That was game one, right? Yeah. That was game one of the season. And that was the one they lost. Yeah, because yeah. Cam rising through the interception. Yeah. yeah. So like, you, I feel like there was that certain pressure for Utah to be like, look, we gotta, we gotta be. It's gotta be Georgia, yeah. Alabama, Clemson, Utah, Ohio State. Like we gotta be. We, we gotta, gotta be a part of that conversation. conversation. And I think there is kind of to that point, right? This is the last year for USC and UCLA yes. in the Pac-12. Yeah. Everybody understands that Utah is the team to beat yep. after those schools leave. I think there's incentive and there's pressure on Kyle Whittingham and Cameron Rising in his last year, right, to succeed, make the college football playoff before those LA schools leave. Yeah, and yeah, 100%. And alternatively, I think you get to which, well, no one's necessarily rooting for Utah, but if it gets to a, a, a Pac-12 championship and it's Utah and, and USC, everyone is rooting for Utah in yeah. this conference. Like, no one wants to see USC leave the conference with the championship. Yeah, um, not at all. So I definitely, and I, I think, obviously, on the other side of that, it gives a lot of pressure to USC, particularly with USC and UCLA, to be like, fuck you guys, I'm leaving with the championship. But, um, yeah, I do think, and I, I think Utah has the best chance to be the team that gets in USC's way, obviously. Um, and so I think there's a lot of pressure from the conference, obviously not explicitly, but I, I think... Theoretically, there's a lot of pressure on Utah to be like, look, you are the ones that have the best chance of, of keeping this in, in the family, of, of preventing USC from making a fool of us. Yeah. Um, so go do that. Because like I said, the whole world will be rooting for Utah, or the whole conference will be rooting for Utah if they get to that situation. All right. For all of the, the Beavs fans that we have in the chat, okay, Clint, Connor, even though we got Clint to say forks up here, back to pack. Uh, let's talk about that guy. Let's talk about Jonathan Smith for a second. Because uh, we saw what that program was able to do mm-hmm. last season with just a, a ridiculous defense. And it always felt like they were a quarterback away or just some offensive yeah. pizzazz away from really competing in the Pac-12. They were a part of, I want to say it was ESPN's like preseason, real early top 25. Okay. Um, they obviously got transfer quarterback DJ Uyunglele. From, from Clemson, um, a big dude, a guy that is going into, I want to say his senior season, which is crazy to me because it felt like he was just a freshman yeah, not too long ago. Uh, but what kind of pressure is on Jonathan Smith to really elevate this program to the next level? Or is there not any real pressure this season given yeah. what they were able to accomplish last year? Yeah. First off, we got the whole conference in the chat. We got, you got ASU, <laughs> U of A. Or Oklahoma City. We have reps from everywhere here. Yeah, we need some USC fans, UCLA fans. Just kidding, those don't exist. Um, I mean, I think there's a certain amount of pressure just because it's like you you talked about. There's not like any kind of national pressure. Jeez, national pressure on Oregon State. I don't think people really. All due respect, and I, I, I don't say this in any kind of disrespect because I'm a big fan of the Oregon State team. I don't think there's any kind of pressure. I don't think anyone cares about Oregon State nationally. In the conference, uh, people that know what they're talking about and us, um, like I, I think it's a mindset of, like you said, the whole excuse last year was there was no quarterback, there was no offensive pizzazz. You got one of the biggest names in the transfer portal this year in DJ Uyunglele. Like, on paper, the reason you guys were not the best team in the conference has been fixed. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, there is no there is no natural excuse for Oregon State if they do not succeed, um, especially with how good their defense was last year. Um, and who was it? Yeah, Clint saying that, that UW and Oregon State lost some of the, the least talent in the draft. Generally true, obviously, uh, Oregon State lost one of their best offensive weapons, two of the best offensive weapons, I think, in the draft. Um, obviously, they're tight end. But, um, like, I do think there is pressure being like, look, you got a quarterback now, or at least people think they have a quarterback. Yeah. They can go back and forth about how good he actually is, but uh, you got to succeed now that you have a quarterback and your defense is supposed to be good. Um, but I would say generally speaking, like in terms of the conference, like if Oregon state loses, every, obviously losing every game this season would be a massive failure. Yeah. But even if they did, no one's gonna be like, Oh, look at Oregon state, the biggest failure in the country. Like no one's sitting here thinking they're going to win a national championship. Although I do think they might, Compete for the Pac-12 championship, like I've said a bunch. Um, no pressure, but the dam is building. Yeah, I, God, I do think. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it, Clint. Like, there's no pressure, but you like the, the water's starting to push up on that dam. Like, there, there, there's a little bit. But it, it is crazy to see because this Oregon State program for a while was just so bad. Yeah, they used to be so so bad at football, and I think you know what what that that coaching staff has really built there. Um, I'm it's super fan. cool to see. I'm a huge fan. I mean, I was a huge fan of them all last year. I was, I was 
banging that drum. I've I've been banging it off this this offseason. I've kind of eased off of the DJ Uyunglele hype a little bit. So I, but I still, I so I've I've kind of revised my take from going there, going to win the Pac-12 championship to they they will they could have be fun. in the Pac-12 championship. They could have fun in the Pac-12. I just I'm not going to be surprised at the end of the year if they're the Pac-12 champions at all, mm-hmm. at all, just because of how dog shit USC's defense is. Yeah, uh, I think they're super vulnerable. And then Utah, they lost on Kincaid. They yeah. like they, and that's a team that's not flashy by any means either. So. Utah, um, yeah, yeah. Utah is they they're, they're just the most Utah. School. Utah <laughs> is like the Tim Duncan of of college basketball. Utah is the Utah of of, of, or of college football of college football. <laughs> the Utah, <laughs> yeah. It's just like ah, the fundamentals. We don't really know what they're doing out there, but they win. Uh, but they just are kind of good at whatever it is that they're doing out there, and it's a little weird and not that exciting. But it's just it's what I, happens in Utah stays in Utah. Kind of yeah, shit, yeah, I guess it's really beautiful there. Uh, before we continue the conversation with some other coaches like Jed Fish, Lincoln Riley, Chip Kelly, want to tell you guys where you can potentially make some money on Pac-12 football and really just sports in general, guys. That's at BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, you guys are going to get up to hundred dollars in bonus bets. On your first wager with BetMGM again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out the show notes for full details. Guys, we expect to see everybody out at the BetMGM Sportsbook tomorrow. I know the Suns got a game going on tomorrow. We're doing all of our live shows we'll live there tomorrow. from BetMGM tomorrow. And then a little, little bags at the end of the night should no, be a phenomenal way to spend your guys' Friday. Come say hello even if you are in Oregon. Just get yeah. on a plane. Get on a plane. Y'all are lucky that the Suns play tonight or tomorrow night because y'all won't have to see Saul and I on these boards. So we're about to kick some ass. Uh, okay. So we'll see y'all in June. Just just wait till Team Biggie Smalls gets gets right. Okay. Okay. You got uh, fucking Biggie's tummy's hurt. Uh, uh, yeah. Biggie, Biggie, Biggie tummy, can't take a glass hurting. of water. It's okay. Uh, I'm not worried. I'm I'll not make sure of y'all. he's got bubbles. Okay. I'm gonna make sure he's got bubbles. In the meantime, guys, again, check out the show notes for full details. And now you guys get a listen to Shane, aka Biggie's voice, talk about the disclaimer. Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA. 1-800-522-4700. Kansas, Nevada. 1-800-327-5050. Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Michigan. All right, well, it looks like, uh, I, I don't know, what are you, the backup quarterback? Uh, Wait, you got a I'm bone. Not, I'm, just... I'm, not, I'm not an armchair quarterback anything. I like to pick no. a bone with uh, with soccer betting. On, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's a bum. He's a bum. <laughs> he's a bum. It's a, he's a, a scam. No, hey, you want to make money on the BetMGM Sportsbook? Figure do, out do what Max has bet on soccer and do the opposite. Completely. In case you don't know. Brighton, Man U playing today. This man bet on them to draw. It is 0-0 for 96 minutes. 97-minute handball. There was only five minutes of added time. There was only, yeah, five minutes of added time. They played longer. Handball on Man U. Brighton scores a penalty literally at the last second. He loses. Goal! And that's and why. Max loses money. You should never. The only time I've ever won money betting on soccer was when, I fade, when I fade Max. Hey, look. So, Max may not have what it takes to win money on BetMGM, yeah. But what Max does have is the ability to provide OGs. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's the provider of all. He, he is, uh, you know, he I, is. I haven't seen I haven't seen Max and God in the same place. Well, look, I um, I, I know I know that PHNX Suns they they drafted like superpowers the other day. Nobody drafted Max's ability to sell shit, which I feel like is a total miss. <laughs> yeah. Hundred percent. That would have won my vote. Yeah. Um, super speed's the best power, by the way. Um, so if you if you do, maybe Max will be a man of the people. Start putting out his his soccer bets so you can fade him, um, mm. and then you could take that money, flip it, spend it on some OGs. Because oh, uh, they're the best scratch made gummies um, in this state, and probably they probably would be the best scratch made gummies in Oregon as well for y'all. <laughs> um, so make sure you come on down here. Get some OGs. Um, we got something for everybody. We got, you know, Indica, Sativa, got Microdose. We got their Sleepy Time gummies to help you get a good night's sleep. We got some of their, their Happy Balance so you get the positives of the THC and the positive CBD. They got it all because they're the best. Um, and if you want to find them, you can find them at your local dispensary at OGsBrands.com. But as always, you must be 21 or older 
you must enjoy responsibly. All right, let's get back to the conversation of coaches and the pressure cooker right now. Um, I also would just like to say, I know I called Dion the Kim Kardashian. I feel like Kenny is the Adam Sandler of college football Hollywood. That's just mm, the way I, like I would put it. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of talents. Laid back. Anytime you see him, you're just like, oh, just it makes your heart happy. Right? Yeah. I feel like anytime anybody sees Adam Sandler do anything, it's just like, oh, look mm-hmm. at him. Look at him go. <laughs> and then it's Kim, and then it's like, oh, yeah. okay. Oh, you're dating another NBA player. <laughs> oh, here we go. Um, let's talk Jetfish. Yeah. Why don't we? Because what they're building, are, are they building? I don't like, I don't know what they're doing. To be um, honest with you, like what kind of pressure is on Jetfish in Arizona to succeed after what we saw this past season? Yeah, look, I mean, I feel like it, I feel obligated to at least acknowledge the Jaden Delora situation. Like, I, I'm not going to talk about it, but um, I do feel like if a quarterback is going through something like I don't want to rephrase that. He's not going through anything. He put himself in the situation. But if your quarterback is in a situation like this, um, it obviously kind of changes your the way you're going to look at the season, especially if he, for some reason, is not able to play. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, assuming that Jaden Delora is, is there playing and he is playing the same way he was playing last year, uh, I think the pressure is is just to keep up. I think it's the same pressure that you that ASU faces, and you're now kind of in the same situation as um, as ASU. Obviously, a couple years ahead because Jed's been there longer, um, but I. I think at this point you need to just keep pace with ASU, keep pace with your rival. Yeah. Um. And and then yeah, you need to build. Become. You need to. to were they bowl eligible last year? Arizona. Yeah. I don't believe so. No. So I was bowl. Was U of A bowl eligible last year? No. no okay. It was that that uh they had oh, a chance yeah. to get bowl yeah. eligible yeah, yeah, and then yep. they got yep. the shit kicked out of them by Washington State. Yes, you're right. Um. Yeah, that's right, because I remember wanting them to win that game, so ASU that we, could have yes, knocked them out of yes, balls. Yes. Well, and it was that whole thing because Delora was going up against like, the old, former yeah, team. Yeah, he ended up yeah, yelling yeah. at one of his receivers on the sideline. Like, it was that that whole situation. Um, yeah. um, right? Like, whatever happens off the field, yeah. you know, it, that is what it is. Obviously, you know, don't want to get too just yeah, crazy into that. Yeah. Just still waiting on everything um, to really come out about the whole Jaden Delora situation. But just looking at Jed Fish... Right, because that's been the conversation. We haven't had the conversation necessarily about players per these schools. So mm-hmm. just getting back to Jed Fish for a second, right? Like in terms of the program, yeah, it does not help the University of Arizona that the draft played out the way that it did for Arizona. Specifically, I, there was a tweet about the whole the players getting drafted from U of A, and Jed Fish said it was never going to happen again. Right, as long as he was there, like there was they weren't going to go. Another year without a U of A player getting selected. Uh, it happened again. Um, and he got some flack on social media for mm-hmm. it, right? This was a year later. But I think if you are going to build a program, that comes with it, right? I know Herm got a bunch of shit for the the whole, our goal is to get kids to the NFL. Mm-hmm. No surprise, guess what? That's really all of the goals of these coaches at the Division One level. Um, that I, that is, would also argue the only thing that Herm succeeded at. Like yeah. the one thing that he said he was going to do that he actually did. But that's part of that is part of building a program, right? Yeah. Is you, and I think ultimately your job as a head coach in college football is to get guys to elevate them, is, yeah. elevate their game. Um, Obviously, it's to win. But I the only reason I think that there is more pressure on Jed Fish this year than years past is because you have the the one year where you start and it's like a cop out year. You have the second year where it's like, okay, we're making progress. Yeah. Third year is your time to really carve out yes. a name for yourself and be like, this is what the rest of the program will look like down the line. That's exactly what I was going to get at. Because I think I think one of the things that we talked a lot about about this program in Jetfish last year was they had an amazing recruiting class, amazing transfer class. And I think one of the things that I kept saying was, obviously that's great, but you know, this isn't college basketball. Freshmen aren't making an impact right away. Blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's going to take a little bit to build this. Okay, well, now you're a couple years removed. You had those recruits. They need to do something. Obviously, you lost um, um, Dorian Singer. So you have McMillan there as your your number one receiver, I would assume. Like, they, you need to see them, the, those recruits, that all the excitement, you need it to come to fruition, right? Like, because if we're in, like, because the ASU is in the same spot. Yeah. Obviously, again, a couple years behind. But if three years from now, four years from now, they haven't done anything, it's like, oh, Okay, that dream you were selling us was awesome at the time, but it's still a dream. That yeah. doesn't really do anything for me. At what uh, point does it go from, like, 
this is what we're building. This is what we're building to. Okay, this is all you are going. Yeah, to this do. is what we are. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Uh, so this this is in my mind. This is the year for Jetfish in Arizona to really take that step. Otherwise, I think you get to year four after three years of mediocrity, and you're like, okay, yeah, uh, I mean, is it time to move on again? Assuming that Jaden Delora is playing, whatever, and and all this off field stuff is not, a, it doesn't have any effect on his gameplay. Like, he's another year with Jetfish. He should improve in theory right? in theory um I, I again i think it's similar where it's just like uh, i'm not gonna sit here and be like this team doesn't win 10 games it's a failure that's unrealistic but i do think it's you got to take the step you got to be bowl eligible yeah i think when you're a program at the bottom of the conference like that and you're not bowl eligible like that has got to be your first step like at least let's play 13 games not 12 and regardless i think regardless of bowl eligibility anytime and this is not just asu u of a this is just college athletics in general it goes beyond football yeah is Anytime your rival hires a new head coach, you immediately have to either have the same record or you have to be better. Otherwise, people start to look at you. Regardless, yeah. if Kenny comes out here and has a better season than Jed does in year one, immediately there's a conversation that needs to happen. Yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I think if you are in year three and a guy is the youngest head coach in all of Division One football in year one has a better record than you i think it kind of depends on like because i mean if if asu goes five and whatever and u of a goes four and whatever like i don't think everyone's going to be like no but then i think there is a on? conversation there is a conversation uh, well, I mean, because jetfish is in year three and what yeah, like i know they yeah, had some yeah. shit seasons before but regardless like we just talked about it if you go from a shit season you you get year one as a pass year two you get a little bit less of a pass year three it's like okay what you sold us on all this stuff. Where is the elevation? I would agree. I think the one one of the caveats there is that I think beating ASU if you're U of A gets you a lot. Like, or, and yeah. I mean, vice versa in the, in especially in this sport. Obviously, basketball. If both teams are bowl eligible, I think it's a, a success for both. I think there is ways for both of these programs. Again, not just ASU U of A, but all of the programs that have rivals, right? to be successful at the same time without there being like, oh, we were better than you. If both teams are bowl eligible, given what happened last season for both these programs, then I think it is a, a success Who for both. Depends on if if U of A went eight and four and Kenny Dillingham went nine and three in year one, then I obviously U of A had a successful season. But again, I think even with U of A fans, there is a conversation of like, our rival just hired a first-time head coach, the youngest guy in all of the Power Five, and all of a sudden, they had a better season than us. Uh, uh, I, don't, I think I, there is a little I, bit of a conversation. I think, I think if you're winning eight games, that's not a conversation. Like I think if you're that successful, ASU can win the national championship, and you're gonna U of A fans are gonna sit there and be like, "We're building something." Like obviously, <laughs> they're not gonna be happy that ASU is winning the national championship, but I don't think they're gonna. I don't think. I think when you're that successful, like I don't think that you you care as much about your rival like no, what because your rival you are always doing. you are always pinned head to head yeah i i do Wherever think you like, go. i do think i do think the territorial cup means a lot more if the teams are in the same space like they're, they're both winning eight or nine games or they're both winning four or five like whatever like i think then it's like you could win one like say say u of a goes seven and whatever yeah asu goes eight and whatever but u of a wins the territorial cup I don't think there's a conversation at all. I don't think a U of A fan gave a single shit. Yeah, because you both had successful seasons and you're better than ASU I at think, least on paper. I think that is one of the few ways in this argument that again there are ways for both of these programs to be successful without taking flack. I think that is one. Yeah. If the team that has a worse record than the other is able to win the territorial cup, then they have that over yeah. the other. And I think that's a caveat that doesn't get talked about a lot with coaches and all of that. Like. Dion doesn't have that. Dion doesn't have an in-state rival, like a natural rival that can protect him from anything. I think they play Colorado State this year. Yeah, but that's not. That's don't not, lose that game, Dion. Well, I mean, don't yeah, lose that, that game. That, that's one of those situations where it's like you don't. There's nothing to gain. You beat Colorado State. Obviously, your fans are happy, but like you don't. You beat Colorado State. Big whoop. You lose. Oh boy. You lose. Um, they're going to put you on Ralphie, like, and they're going like, to send you back to Jackson State again. Indiana or Notre Dame is a little different because they're Notre Dame and they're independent. But like Syracuse, but for they example, have rivals. Like Notre Dame's rivals is still they. Like obviously Michigan, their big rivalry yeah. is Ohio State, yeah, but yeah. over there, like Notre Dame hates yeah, Michigan. Notre Dame, Notre Dame hates but USC. Like, I look, I look at Syracuse for example. They don't have, especially after they left the Big East, they don't have a rival. They, they don't have a true rival. They play Georgetown and UConn sometimes. St. John's isn't worth shit anymore, yeah. even though they're trying to get back there. Like there is nothing to protect Syracuse coaches from 
There is no natural rival to protect Syracuse coaches or give them that extra boost. Like, oh, you didn't have a great season, but you beat your rival. So, yeah. Like, so I think it's interesting that, like, that is one thing that Jed and Kenny have is, like, some wrongs can be forgiven with beating the other. Yeah, we got some interesting comments in the chat. Clint bringing up Colorado's rivals of Nebraska and Colorado State. Uh, I think the Nebraska game is certainly going to be interesting. And then Clint, Pac-12 QB rooms are so stacked. I forgot about Rashada. Um, well, we spent... Yeah. A lot of time on Fish and Kenny. And we've got all these Oregon State fans in the chat. So why don't we go ahead and talk about their rival, the Oregon yeah. Ducks and Dan Lanning. Uh, because I do feel like with Oregon State elevating year over year, there is increasing pressure on Dan Lanning. Yeah. Specifically after what you saw at the end of the season when Kenny wasn't running the offense well, yeah, anymore. That's, yeah, that's the obvious and piece you have, of all Look, this. Dan Lanning, let's be honest. You're from Georgia. Everybody expects those SEC assistant coaches to turn in to something you're either Kirby smart or you're nothing like you have to Oregon needs to be like the top tier in the Pac-12 or again there is a question or a conversation that needs to be had of like okay we're paying you all of this money yes we are getting recruits why isn't it translating yeah why can Utah still Ten beat two us is not good enough. why can yeah. you why can USC still beat us yeah and I mean when Oregon had the run that they had for all those years like you you get to a point where, like I said, 10 and 2 is not good enough. You yeah. need to be competing in the college football playoff. I, I mean, obviously, right? There's like, if there is even a, a, there's any kind of noticeable regression with this offense or Bo Nix, it's going to be like, oh, so that was all Kenny. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's no, you don't actually have much effect here. Like, and especially if they they win less games, it's going to, and like I said, their offense looks inept for whatever reason, like it did in their bowl game. It did not look the same without Kenny. Then it's like, oh, okay, yeah. It's a significant You're not problem. as good of a coach as we thought you were. And that, that is that is definitely not a situation you want to be in. Especially, you mentioned ASU U of A. Like, Oregon fans are going to be looking the same way. If, if ASU is super successful after their offensive coordinator left to take that head coaching job, and you aren't, and your offense is a step back, everyone's going to be like, I don't even know if the I don't offense... Know if him. I think the, there is expectation. Obviously, you bring back Bo Nix. Yeah. Right? So, like, there needs to be... Like the offense doesn't need to be to the level that it was last last year because I understand why there would be a regression without the OC. Yeah, I and mean, maybe without the not even necessarily system. just because Kenny is so good, just it was changed. Yeah. But, yeah, but the defense needs to elevate, right? Dan Lanning, his whole thing was he was a defensive. I want to say a DC. I think he was the DC at Georgia. Like that is your bread and butter. You are the defensive guy. Same thing with Kenny coming to ASU, right? The expectation is the offense takes a step up. Yeah. Whatever happens with the defense, I don't want to say necessarily happens. But, like, it's not necessarily going to be there. put yeah, on. Yeah. Exactly. In terms of Oregon, like, everybody gave love to Oregon's offense last year, and rightfully so. But, Dan Lanning, your whole thing is you are a defensive-minded coach. Mm -hmm. So, if your offense regresses and your defense stays the same, then you're not looking at the same type of season that you had a season ago. Then, at that point, it's like, okay, did we make the right choice with Dan Lanning? So, I think out of all of the coaches – in the Pac-12, I would argue that Dan Lanning has maybe some of the most pressure on him to succeed. And we talked about at a high level. And we talked about the rivalry, yeah. right? With Oregon, with all the, all these teams, but like Oregon State for Dan Lanning cannot have a better season. Yeah, I think one of the worst things that could happen is if they play and DJ Uyunglele outperforms Bo Nix and Oregon State wins. Like that is a it's a very very bad situation for Dan Lanning. Yeah, um, for a lot of reasons. Absolutely. Um, we've obviously got the L.A. coaches that I think yeah. are going to provide a, a real interesting point to this conversation. But before we get into the pressure from those guys, guys, real quick, hit pause. Oh, you got 18 minutes. Sprint. Sprint or dog sled, horseback, whatever you'd like to do to Fly. your nearest Burrito Express location. OK, it is a perfect way have some lunch it's a perfect way to start your your day mm -hmm. if you're not thinking today maybe tomorrow maybe over the weekend guys burrito express is the place for you look i can almost guarantee that if shane would have had a breakfast burrito this morning that his tummy wouldn't have hurt it yeah. honestly would have probably put a smile on him and his tummy's face mm -hmm. guys burrito express the best burritos in all of the world again locations everywhere give him a follow on social at burrito exp while you're at it and you're going to need something to wash that burrito down with. So, Miss, just you, America's, uh, America's Thirst Shop, a.k.a. Whew. Circle K. Um, simply the best gas station ever. 
I just don't I don't care what you have to say. It's the best gas station ever. Um Polar Pops for the win. Polar Pops, you know, wash it down with a nice Polar Pop if you're getting one of the lunch ones, you know. They stay colder longer, so you don't got to worry about it melting on your way back because uh, you got Polar Pops. You got the Styrofoam Cups. They're they're unique kind of ice that keeps the things colder. You got a cup holder for the burrito, a cup holder for the... We have talked a lot about Circle K and the snacks and the deals and the gas, but we have not given enough love to the ice. Yeah, no, we have not. That's why the Polar Pops are so amazing. That's why they stay colder longer because their ice is, is... I, th- I think it's proprietary. I think it's like special Circle K ice. You think I, they have a patent on the ice? I think th- I feel like I've seen that somewhere before. But don't quote me on that. I don't know. Regardless. All I know is that the Polar Pops are the best. Um, maybe maybe you get a breakfast burrito. You want some coffee? Ice coffee, one eighty nine. Maybe you know you're you got a burrito. Save it for a couple hours. Your work day is done. Your week's done. You want to wash it down with a couple of beers? Twelve pack of beer, nine ninety nine at Circle K. It's like I said, Beautiful. best gas station ever. Um, and I mentioned the Polar Pops. They're amazing. Well, do I have a deal for you? <laughs> um, right now, you can text PHNX31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on 32-ounce Polar Pops. Did I tell you that they stay longer? They stay colder longer. Don't know if I told you that. I am now. They stay colder longer. JJ saying in the chat, good ice is key. Circle K has got that good ice. Um, and if you're wondering where your closest Circle K is, Head to CircleK.com slash store dash locator to find Circle K's near you. All right. Let's talk L.A. schools here before we get out of here. Starting with the baby brother in L.A. Yeah. Chip Kelly himself. My goodness. When when college football was at its peak, Chip Kelly was running some <laughs> weird offenses with Marcus Mariota at Oregon. Now he is the baby brother. He is yeah. the baby brother in baby blue. In L.A., mm. um, and I think it is this year baby is brother and baby blue. Kind of like the Chargers in L.A. <sighs> yeah, it's super important, right? He got himself a, a quarterback transfer in uh, or I guess a, a freshman that was expected to go to Oregon and Dante Moore. Mm. Um, you got to be I don't want to say you got to be better than SC, but you got to be damn good. Could I I don't know. Maybe I have I might be completely wrong here. I kind of feel like Chip Kelly has almost <laughs> Jesus has almost no pressure uh, because I mean, there's there's pressure, obviously, but like it's not coming from the U.S. your UCLA fan base. There's yeah. three of them. Um, and like you're going through this move to you to the Big Ten. All the attention in your city is on USC. Like if you don't succeed, it's kind of like, OK, they lost their quarterback. They're going through all this change. They got to compete with USC like uh, understandable. Obviously, you can't go 0 and 12. Like, you can't be completely abysmal. But as long as you're bull eligible, uh, people also just don't care about UCLA. That's what I'm football. saying. Like, there's who's putting pressure on USC, on US, or UCLA? Like, who's uh, putting pressure on? Chip I mean, Kelly? I think, I mean, administration, maybe. Yeah. Right. Like, but you can't go- be. That's the thing, though, with all these schools, and it goes back to the rivalry conversation: is you never want to be the baby brother. Yeah, but UCLA, it's different for UCLA. I feel like because USC is like. It's not it's not the same as as this, right? Whereas ASU and, and, and UA can like claim different territory or stuff like that. They're playing in the same city. Yeah. And one of them is like historically one of the best football programs of all time. Yeah, but full of Heisman winners. Like USC was shit three years ago. No, you're not wrong. They also are USC though. They got a different kind of money. They got a different kind of It's still LA. It's not like it's, UCLA yeah. doesn't have donors and money. Yeah, but it's it's not it's like it, it's just different. Like you, like USC, UCLA is LA. USC is Hollywood. Yeah. But, yeah. USC has celebrities. They have OJ Simpson. They have Reggie Bush, which are probably not the, you know, they have, they have production. That's crazy. Like, you said celebrities, and the very first one you well, went talking, with was OJ. I'm talking about football specifically. Okay. That, like, <laughs> it is very first one. <laughs> I mean, That's I would wild. argue, I would argue OJ is like the <laughs> is probably the most well known USC player of all time. Um, it's crazy. We mentioned the Kardashian family at, in this show, and then we also mentioned uh, OJ. Well, yeah, we mentioned the Kardashian family again. Yeah. OJ, Kim dad, OJ yeah. Simpson. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that got some chuckles. So uh, <laughs> pressure on but UCLA. I just, yeah, I just don't think there's a whole. Like, I don't think anyone gives a shit about UCLA. Obviously, you can't be abysmal. You'll eventually get fired. And I, I'm not really sure what their administration's 
thought processes on this move to the Big Ten, right? Like, that's probably one thing. You can't go, you can't leave this season being like, oh my God, this team is going to embarrass us in yeah. the Big Ten next year. That can't happen. But as long as you're like, I, you know, you don't, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat in this conference, which is probably most of them. I don't know exactly who they're supposed to play. Like, if they, if they have to play SC, Oregon, Utah, all three of those schools, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. Look, me, my thing, my schedule. thing as it relates to the pressure on Chip Kelly and UCLA is different than the pressure on Dan Lanning and some of these other coaches. The pressure when you've got a situation like UCLA and USC isn't necessarily for like okay, Lincoln Riley and, and SC and the Trojans. They're they're the baby brother this year. Like it is more so the fact that you are 15 minutes away. In campus wise, right? There is always going to be a Trojans and Bruins rivalry, regardless of what conference you're in. When it comes to UCLA, is you need to outdo USC in terms of recruiting. Yeah. And the only way that you do that is if you prove that you are on the same level yeah. of USC. You don't have to necessarily be better. You don't necessarily have to beat them outright, but you cannot afford to slip the way that that team did at certain points this season. Yeah, when I, they were on, they were on. When they were off, they were abysmal. Yeah, I, I Connor saying UCLA comes to Corvallis, they don't have a great schedule. They they start, they host Coastal Carolina, then they go to San Diego State, which is like in today's college football. That's a tough. That's a that's pretty a tough, tough non-conference schedule to start your year as a Pac-12 team. And then, oh, how do you open conference play? At Utah. And then you go... You come back, host Washington State, and then you go to Oregon State, and then Stanford, and then you go, and then you host Colorado, which we don't know. Then you go down to Tucson, which, yeah, like UCLA almost lost to South Alabama last year. Yeah, man, and then they have to come here, or they host ASU, and then they have to go to USC. Like they don't have a great schedule. No, they have, they have a chance. They have, they have a chance to have an ASU esque season, like ASU's season from last, last year. year. New quarterback, you don't really know what you're going to get there. Not sure how much. I don't know. We'll see how bright the lights are. I think that could. I think. Do not be surprised if Chip Kelly is not the coach next year. Actually, I know I started saying that he doesn't have a lot of pressure. Clip it, clip it, and ship it. If this, if this schedule goes as poorly as it has the potential to oh, go, oh, we got, we got breaking news. Oh God, we got breaking NBA news. Oh God, the Bucks have dismissed Mike Boone Coach Wilson? Bud. Oh man. That is wild. That's so tough. That is that is tough NBA news. Um, <sighs> Real quick. Talk about pressure. Not a good coach. So ultimately, I agree with it. But man, what a rough What month. a tough time for coach. Like, I, I feel bad for, for Coach Bud. That's, yeah, that is a tough, is really, tough thing. You see that? You see the breaking news on that? That's God, tough. that is tough. I, I agree that it's the right move for that basketball team. But to do that right now, a week after what he just went through is very... That's very, very Yeah, tough. that's real tough. All right, before we get out of here, Lincoln Riley, pressure or no? You got to make the college football playoff. I know it's year two, but you got to do it. Your defense can't be dog shit. You got to beat. You got to. I think you, the expectation is you go undefeated in the conference, which is a lot easier said than done. I don't think it's not going to be like you lose one game and you're a failure. Um, but I think you, you go into every game expecting to win it. Yeah. And I do. I think, I think you leaving with anything less than a conference championship is a failure. I think you got to make the college football playoff. You don't have to. Like Lincoln you, Riley's you, not getting, you might have to. Lincoln Riley's not getting fired if they miss the college. No, he's football not playoff. getting fired. But but it is definitely like this might be your last chance. It also is when you look before at, you go to that conference. Look, well, no, because you're going to get the expansion. But well, yeah, but I'm saying you're going to be playing hard, hard competition. Yeah. You're going to be potentially the fourth best team there, depending on how your Penn State's of the world do. Two things on Lincoln Riley before I get out of here. Tulane, the way that you ended the season, losing that bowl game. That leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth, and you are the laughing stock of college yeah. football yeah. for the last few months. And you have a a guaranteed number one overall pick in Caleb Williams. Like, clip that and ship it right now. Regardless of what happens in the season, Caleb Williams should be the first well, overall. Yeah, pick and don't 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 think. About, I mean, that's not exactly what we're talking about. But as far as with this team, this team going to the Big Ten, like they're gonna have to do that with a new quarterback. Yes, Caleb Williams yes. will be gone. Yes, against harder teams. I don't know how 
USC fans are feeling about this, but I would not be excited at They've all talked their way in to it. be going to the Yeah, I'm sure they've they talked themselves. their way in it. But guess what? You get to play Ohio State and Michigan every but year. But with this expansion, like, I would not want to be going to the Big Ten right now. Like, no, you'd, would, you'd want to stay in the Pac-12. I, would want to be, and I, if, I understand there's the money thing, but if you're USC... But like, you get money for going to the college football yeah, playoff. Man, I don't, I don't. It is definitely going to be an interesting look. I would yeah. say, before we get out of here, my coaches, in terms of pressure to succeed, my rankings... Number one, Deion Sanders. Number two, Dan Lanning. Number three, the one and only Lincoln Riley. I, I mean, it, it's tough because the, what success for those guys are so different. You're right. Um, whoa, Connor. I, <laughs> Connor saying he likes Penix, Michael Penix Jr. over Caleb Williams for the NFL. Um, like I like to say, you're, everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. I'm going <laughs> to strongly disagree with you there, but hey, I am a big fan of Michael Penix Jr. Um Remember when he was a Heisman candidate? Because I do. Give me your Remember when Indiana rankings. was good at football for a year? No. <laughs> they, they were. Don't remind me about the state um, of Indiana ever. <laughs> um, I don't know what my ranking would be. I would say... I'd say... I'm going to go... Wit has the most pressure. I think Utah has the most pressure. I'm going to go... Really? Go, okay. Utah, Oregon. And then, yeah, Colorado is... Uh, no, I'm not going to put Colorado there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Utah, Oregon, Whittingham, Landing, Landing, Whittingham, Landing, and and Lincoln Riley. I think just when you're because if Lincoln Riley is in a situation where they're supposed to be a top five team in the country, yeah. If you're anything less, no, you're right. You're absolutely right, guys. That is gonna do it for us today. But real quick, if you're if you're looking for a place to watch. NBA basketball this weekend. Why don't you go ahead and do it in Tempe at Four Peaks, Hmm. Eight Street pub guys it's an absolute blast it's a whole vibe over there and that's without even mentioning how good the food and the drinks are i don't know about you i'm a big big wow guy i know you've been on kilt lifter lately yeah i love kilt lifter i love wow i love pshl i love hazy i love hot knot just all lager their beers don't miss guys they really be sure to follow them on social at four peaks brew and four peaks pub to get all the latest on arizona's premier craft brewery i know they've got some events coming up that we'll tell you about a little bit later on but again check out four peaks brew or four peaks pub on social to keep up with all of the great stuff that they got going on you do got to be 21 or older to drink four peaks and guys please drink responsibly i feel you by the way connor i did forget that they he did not have a great game caleb williams against oregon state so oregon state fans probably have a slightly different perspective (laughs) on that conversation fair 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 um but after you have a good a good lunch good dinner whatever at illegal pete's um, you have some your four peaks, maybe some margaritas. Scoot on over to Scottsdale. Scoot on over. Mavericks, Octane. They got four peaks on tap, so you can you know you can keep drinking the uh, you can keep drinking your wows. Then you can know maybe hop in some go go karts. I was gonna say golf carts. Go karts. Maybe bowl a little bit. Maybe play some laser tag. Maybe some VR. Maybe some arcade games. Maybe some axe stunning. Maybe you just want a nice meal. Mavericks, Octane. They got it all. Um, tons of different events they got going on throughout the summer as well. So. Uh, it's really just a vibe out there. I we talked about it before. I just love games. I love playing. I love competing. Octane Mavericks, perfect place to do that. So check out OctaneRaceway.com and Mavericks with an X.com. M-A-V-R-I-X.com to learn more. Jose in the chat, turn up the likes. What are you doing? That's right. Hit that like button on your way out, guys. If you enjoyed the content. Give us a follow at PHNX underscore side levels. You can follow me at Anthony underscore Totri. You can follow the man whose tummy hurts at Shane Deef. You can follow Sean to pause at Sean underscore to pause. Believe it in the beeves as always, baby. We'll see you Friday at 2 p.m. But for now, peace.